0: Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube as Edgework. You can find us on Twitter at EdgeWorkShow, Show, and you can find all the picks that we give out on this show in real time. After the fact, you can check how we've done throughout the season on the Bet Stamp app in the Find Betters section as Edgework. There's a lot that's gone on over the last couple of weeks uh but i'm gonna start this one off and let so money give us his thoughts first and foremost the team that's in his backyard you can pick which controversy you'd like so money uh tell us what's going on with with vancouver and just your overall feeling of this organization right now
1: it's a mess and i'm very curious to to see people outside of the vancouver market kind of what they what they think of the canucks because the way i look at it is that if if this team was operating in this way and and it was like another franchise, like let's say the Leafs or something, right? I would be just coming down so hard on the Leafs. Like, what are these guys doing? What a mess, <laughs> what a joke, right? So, So I wonder how it is outside of the Vancouver market. Now, it is an absolute mess. I don't understand how sitting here, when we have a coach, how I know who the next coach is going to be. The Canucks have a history of leaking this kind of stuff, right? It started with um, when um, when Travis Green was 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 going to get fired. We all knew what was happening. We all knew it was Bruce Boudreaux that was going to get hired, right? But it wasn't to this extent where we're sitting here weeks, weeks on end with this poor man going to work every day, like this jolly old man, right? How can you see him like the way he was last year, and then look at him now d- during his media scrums and his press briefings, and just he he looks demoralized. He looks he looks defeated. So like just taking the hockey part of it, hockey part of it out for a bit, and just from a humanitarian perspective, how can you do that to someone? Get in an interim coach, like yeah, I mean, I I've got a lot of thoughts. Um, it's just. It's just a mess right now. And at this point, TNT, if you're watching, just let Rick Hawkeye get out of his contract. <laughs> just, just get it over with at this point, please.
0: Yeah, he did have statements in the media the other day, too, where they were asking him about it. And he's like, I'm just going to come here and do my job until they tell me not to. And it's like, it's kind of what you're saying. It's like, it's just morbid. You're watching this guy walk to the electric chair. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what's happening. Like, there's and, no sudden suddenness to it at all. It's like, yeah, we know it's coming. We just don't know exactly when.
1: And like, honestly, yeah. it would be different if like, if, if like it was a guy like, I I think it would be a little different if, if it was a guy like Daryl Sutter, who like, who like we know can be a dick and like, he's not, he's like never happy and stuff. Right. But like, Budro's mm-hmm. not like that. That's not his, that's not his personality. He's always been he's always been like a happy, jolly person. Right. And like now, like looking at him, like doing his press conferences, it's, it's, it's sad to see. And it starts at the top.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, very strange. You know, I don't think I've seen any, anything like this in any other sports where it's like, yeah, the, the, uh, the organization admits that the coach is getting fired and, uh, you know, has a whole press conference about how they're planning to retool the uh, whole organization. And then they just keep, uh, you know, just keep sending them out there to get fried. So yeah, it's it's very interesting to watch, and I was I was curious to hear so many's thoughts on it. Uh, going and like
1: speaking, and like speaking of the press conference, like, like like what really triggered me on the press conference too is that you called that press conference to address Tanner Pearson's injury, right? And the way that 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 it was handled after after one of your core players comes out and say that comes out and says that that whole situation was mishandled. And he goes from a four week injury to now he's probably out for the year and he needs surgery and stuff, right? So okay, with all due respect to Tanner Pearson, I didn't need a press conference on his status, first of all, right? He's not he, he's not Quinn Hughes, he's not Demko, like like that's the that's the first thing. Second of all, in a press conference where it's been it's you've been accused of mishandling a player's injury where now he needs major surgery. What are, what are the words that you use during that press conference to assess your team? Our team needs major surgery, right? Like just the choice of words, like read the room, right? This, this team is so tone deaf,
0: right? Uh, That's so bad. <laughs> yeah. It,
2: it was just the whole conference press conference was very, very strange.
0: Yeah. couldn't, completely tone deaf well yeah. and then now this is a situation where i mean and mr slate in the chat here is saying dysfunctional is the operative word for the canucks and that may be an yeah. understatement and it's just like it, it it's to the point of this is now uh something we've seen over a long period of time over numerous general managers who have been in there and yeah. it's a, it's top down and the one thing that was mind-blowing to me was obviously the GM isn't involved in certain things on a day-to-day basis, but it took Quinn Hughes speaking out in the media about Tanner exactly. Pearson's injury for Jim Rutherford to finally realize that something was wrong with a player on his team. Ever. And like, when I heard that, I was like, how can that even happen ever? Yeah. yeah. And
1: I, I, first of all, I don't buy it, right? Like you're, you're sitting there in your in your position, so so you guys sit there meddling in all aspects of the organization except this one thing that has to do with injuries, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden you are surprised that that this comes up. So I don't buy it. I don't trust anything that's like coming out of uh, of this team because frankly, we've seen this. Whoever the management is on the Canucks, they are a mouthpiece for the owner. There's a reason. Trevor Linden, the most revered person in in this city for the Canucks, he just took off and left, right? He was here for a little bit. He was like, he was like screw this, I'm gone, right? Yeah. Why? Right? You, you've you seen Ryan Kessler, right? Like, this is going back like what? Ryan Kessler was what now? Seven, eight years ago? Things are getting stale here, right? Even John Tortorella, right? Like, as much as I have issues with him, even – even before he left, he was like He basically said that there's there's things going wrong here, right? What is the common denominator? It's the sure. owner. This is why, right? I always say fans should not buy their team. You meddle too much, right? You have too much of an emotional investment, and you can't make smart money decisions when you're too when you're too um, when you're too emotionally involved, right? So. Starts at the top. We have this owner, like, just, yeah, just just get him out of here. The, the, the team's not going to do anything as long as he's the owner.
0: That's interesting. And as Alex says in the chat, we have first coach fired tickets to cash, so. Okay,
2: so <laughs>
1: now. probably, Yeah, so now I'm concerned about Dallas Eakins. I'm starting to possibly get concerned about Sutter, right? I think that, um who's the Ottawa coach, DJ Smith is okay for now. He can, he's got, he's got, he's got injuries and stuff. So yeah, like if someone gets fired in the next few days, right, this is going to go down as possibly even worse than the game (laughs) seven losses.
2: Yeah, definitely. No, I agree completely. I can't believe we haven't had someone fired yet this season. I think by this time last year, I think there was already five coaches fired. Uh, It's just surprising that there, there hasn't been anybody let go yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, let's uh I wanted to make sure somebody got the platform there to uh, to discuss what's going on with this Vancouver Canucks, but it is ultimately just a bit of a chaotic mess from top to bottom in all aspects of that organization at the moment. But Uh, Let's get to some of the games today. We'll give our best bets. If you want to follow along with the picks, if you want to see them in real time, you want to see how they do later tonight, you can go to the bet stamp app, find us in the find better section as Edgework doing really well on the year so far. Had another positive day yesterday, up 28 units on the year, a 204-221 and five record. So it just goes to show, even you don't even have to have the above 500 win record if you're uh, hitting on certain things and 5.8% ROI. So doing pretty well so far this year. You can follow along on the Betstamp app. Let's start with the first game here. We'll get into Minnesota Carolina. We've picked through some of the good ones. So if you guys have questions about games that are not covered, please make sure to ask in the chat where we will see it on YouTube. Uh, unfortunately, won't see it on Twitter. So you have to head over to the YouTube to ask those. But Minnesota Carolina here tonight, Minnesota right now is third in the Central. They are five points back of Dallas, uh, but they are on a three-game win streak, notably beating the Islanders, the Coyotes, and the Capitals during that period in time. They're only one point up right now on Edmonton and Calgary, with but they do have three games in hand, and that whole Western Conference playoff situation is interesting to follow as you continue to have teams moving up and down, uh, yo-yoing in and out of playoff spots over there. Carolina on the other hand pretty firmly in a playoff spot in the east right now they're holding down first in the metro one point up on New Jersey which I mean that situation on its own is kind of funny considering how New Jersey started how far ahead they were Carolina catches up takes the lead back and then New Jersey slowly crept back into this one has made it a little bit closer on Carolina but Russ, if you're looking at this game tonight between these two teams, you've got a team fighting to kind of stay above that wild card line, stay in position in a playoff spot over there against the Carolina team who's pretty comfortably in one in the East. They are at home tonight. What are you looking at in this game?
2: Um, As you guys know, you know, this wild team has always just given me issues this entire year. But surprisingly, um, I do have a little bit of uh, I do have a little bit of value showing on the Hurricanes here. It looks like Frederick Anderson was just confirmed in goal. And um, I was kind of deciding between the over, I have a little bit of an edge on the over as well, um, or, uh, or Carolina in in regulation. And um, Carolina has, has dropped a few games recently, but their numbers under the hood are still are still really, really good. They're still second in expected goals for in the last 10 games and first in expected goals against. So, yeah, I have, I have Carolina closer to minus 200 here. So this will probably end up being a play for me, regardless of who the Wilds start in net. Um, I would like to see Marc Andre Fleury because that would give me a little bit more of an edge than Gustafsson, who's been playing pretty well this year. Uh, Marc Andre Fleury, as if you watch this show, you know that I'm pretty low on him this year. So, um, in a perfect world, we would lock in the Carolina Hurricanes about minus 115 regulation um, when we get Marc Andre Fleury. And, you know, that number might be a little bit better if we get Gustafsson confirmed in goal. But yeah, I'm looking to play. I'm looking to play the Hurricanes at home here. I just think this number is a little bit short. Um, we've dug into the Wild a, a bunch of times on this on this show. They just don't generate any scoring chances. Their defense is really really good, but I have a you know I'm very very good against a team like this who who has a very good defense, a so so goalie. And they're they're just uh, you know going up a, a step up in class here. So yeah, this will be a play for me tonight. I'm pretty sure. I like that is back in net, and I like that you can get uh, you can get Carolina on the regulation at minus one fifteen or so.
1: Yeah, a couple of notes on this game. For um, I won't have anything here. I'm pretty, I'm pretty neutral. Um, I did have Minnesota against Washington, and I was very fortunate to get that win. I don't think that they. That they deserve that win. Um, yeah. K- Carolina is rolling along. Um, sh- um will be back today, tonight. He'll be back, and um, that line should get a little bit of a bump. Um, and as Russ mentioned, especially if um, Flurry is in it. So I'm I'm out unless if the Pachareddy bump is too much.
2: Yep, yeah, and I think that's what's doing it for my numbers, giving me the edge is the is the Pacioretty being back, um, kind of boosts my numbers on the Hurricanes up a little bit so that, that that makes that number a little bit short for me. So yeah, that makes sense.
0: Alright, we'll look at another game here tonight, and uh, this one between the Winnipeg Jets, Toronto Maple Leafs. On Tuesday's show, we talked a little bit about how the guys weren't really sold on Winnipeg as being a full-on contender this season, just based on some of the numbers and uh, their consistency throughout the year, and then the fact that you're, a lot of it is relying on Connor Hellbuck to be this incredible goaltender night in, night out. They are first in the Central right now, tied with Dallas in points. They do have a game in hand on them. They're eight and two in their last ten. Uh, they did just lose to the Habs four to one on Tuesday, the day that we talked about going against them, and them not being uh, the team that maybe everyone was looking up to or living, uh, maybe living up to some of those expectations. On the flip side here, Toronto second in the Atlantic. There are two points up on Tampa Bay who's closing that gap in on them a little bit. And if you want something to laugh at, the Leafs second in the Atlantic are 13 points behind the Boston Bruins right now. Like that is just absurd what the Bruins continue to do. Uh, the Leafs right now 5-4-1 in their last 10. Just coming off of a big comeback win against the Florida Panthers on Tuesday night haven't been great lately been in a bit of a lull but they are favored six uh 164 at home against the Winnipeg Jets so money is there anything you see in this one that you kind of lean towards over 6 uh sitting right now -117 on some of the sharper books but is there anything side total that would uh, draw you in
1: Nothing stands out here I'm uh, I'm I'm neutral here as well um Toronto should be the heavy rate. Um I'm not as low as as others are on, on the on the Jets. I I do understand um their the deficiencies in their metrics, but I think that um they're a team that's that's kind of built for the playoffs. Um they do have they do have depth now um on forward. They're getting contribution from their from their defense and of course um <clears throat> excuse me, and of course uh, Connor Connor Hellebuck. So, and and coaching matters. So, I think that um, even though you're not going to see a lot of their, they're they're not a team that's built for regular season metrics. They're a team that's built more for the playoffs. So, um, in this game, I think that it's it's fair. Toronto's favored. One turn I do have for the Leafs is um, if you look at Samsonov's um, um, overall numbers, they're strong but he has started struggling the last little bit here so i think that um the the goaltending the perceived goaltending disadvantage is not enough to get me on the jets but um that would be something to um to look at for the leaves going forward
2: yep i tend to agree here um i I actually think I might have something on this game, but uh, it looks like um, the over sixes are kind of getting taken up as, you know, kind of as we talk here. So that would be my lean. Um, I'm not going to lock anything in yet. I just kind of want to watch and see where this goes. I would imagine this will end on a soft uh, six and a half. It looks like that's where some of the sharper books are headed. Uh, one thing that would concern me is the uh, Winnipeg's not, not very good on the road compared to their home home splits 27th and expected goals scored on the road. So that concerns me playing the over. I think that t- Toronto should, you know, should take care of a, of a, lesser team here. I'm thinking like, you know, for, four, two, a four, one win for Toronto. So um, if anything, I, I might think about the over here, if it ticks back down, but this will probably end up being a pass for me. I think Toronto should take care of business.
0: All right. Fair enough. That's what I like to hear. Hopefully we yeah. get to see that out of this team here tonight. Uh, we did touch a little bit on the fact that there is a team ahead of Toronto who is 13 points up. And uh, obviously Toronto is not the second in the NHL in points, but guess what? Boston is still 12 points up on the Carolina Hurricanes, who are the next closest team to them right now. This, team, uh, this Boston team just continues to win in regulation, find ways to get points out of games, no matter what it is that's going on uh, right now. Like they're on a three-game win streak. They beat the Flyers, the Leafs, the Islanders. In that period, they're eight one and one in their last ten. And it's like I feel like if you look at their last ten stretches at any point during this year, you're gonna basically see chunks like that out of this out of this Bruins team. They are facing a Rangers team right now, who's third in the Metro, six two and two in their last ten, and they are four points back of new jersey right now boston is currently sitting uh it's this is about a coin flip right now as they head into the new york into um new york for this game tonight russ is this probably about where it is this is one of the shorter lines i've seen on boston over the last little while
2: yeah definitely i was i was surprised when i checked this number and saw it last night um saw it so 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 low to be honest with you um then i ran, ran my model and um with boston on the back and a couple of rest issues, it actually does come out come out pretty even. Um, if we get the expected Olmark and Igor Shosturkin matchup in the Nets, then I do have a small edge on Boston. I'm not jumping to to play it right away. There's a few things that are holding me back. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. The, I think that the Rangers are sort of fraudulent. I think they have a really, really good goalie, but they don't drive play at all. They ha- they have a tough time scoring. Um but honestly, I think um, you know. I think both of these teams will have a will have a tough time scoring. The Boston Boston Bruins are not as good on the road. They're twenty fifth in expected goals for on the road, but their defense is just as good as at home. And um, you know, on the on the flip side of the puck, the Rangers just they like I said before, they just cannot score at all. Twenty second in expected goals for. Um, in their last 10 games. So I have a little bit of a lean on the, uh, on the Bruins here on the road as such a short, short, uh, favorite or even money, but I'm not looking to play anything yet. Um, the best I can say on this one is just kind of wait and see. I'll be monitoring this line all day. If it ends up getting to plus 100 plus 105 on the Bruins, then we'll probably definitely take that. I don't see how they could ever close as a underdog, just how they're playing. Um, but yeah, like you said, this team is just unbelievable. I can't, I, we looked to, we talked about fading them last week when they played the Kraken and uh, they actually did lose that game at home. Yeah, yeah. And then the same as last night, I would have, uh, I would have leaned Islanders last night. And I was expecting that to be a closer game and the Bruins just went in there and dominated them for one. So I don't know. This team is just awesome. I definitely would not play the Rangers here, but uh, this will probably end up being a pass for me in, unless we can get a, a plus money on the Bruins
1: uh um so Swayman should should start a net here okay. um and he's he's whatever was ailing him um has um know he's he's, he's kind of figured it out so i think that um it's not that big of a drop off anymore um sure. with 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 swayman couple of lineup notes um kreider should be back for the rangers okay. i i suspect he'll play um willing to monitor bergeron um, I think he'll play um, if if he came back in the game last night when he kind of didn't have to, and I, I I think if if it's if it's up to him, he'll play. Um, and the other note I have here is with is with Shosturkin. Um, right he's his his overall numbers have been have been spectacular like great um as they as they usually are but i've noticed a dip in the last little bit here so um that, that's another thing that that i want to keep, uh, keep keep an eye on um the the schedule situation with the rangers uh with with the bruins being on a, on the back to back that's already been accounted for in the line right so yeah. that's 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 one thing that we have to be careful of um it being lined as a coin flip right now is fair. If Bergeron is out, um, then then the Rangers are going to take some money and that's when we kind of had to see um, if it goes too far the other way. I know that um, Rob and Andy talked about this on um, Friday where uh, teams either getting guys back or um, teams are missing players. Um, they, they, they tend to perform the other way, um, based on kind of what you're what you're thinking. And that's and 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 that has to do with um, the market kind of overreacts to these situations. Now, Um, a lot of people in the market, they're running models based on the same data. Right. And so a lot of people are going to end up with the same conclusions. The problem is that at what point do you make the determination that this line has moved too far? Right, and this is the reason why even with Kale Makar yesterday, right, when when the player is out, the line just moves too much, right, and that's when there's value on the other side. So, um, monitor Bergeron's status. If it moves too much away from
0: Stin, that I said that that I would be looking at this game. So, question for you then, if you're comfortable sharing with it, in your opinion, Bergeron goes out. This line starts moving the other way. Money's coming in on the Rangers. At what point, for you personally, do you de- determine that this line has moved too far and it is actionable now on the Bruins?
1: So it it depends when the when kind of the market resistance happens, right? So, like, let's say, the, so, so the Bruins are minus minus one hundred five right now, right? And yep. then um, Bergeron is out, um, and then the and then the Rangers go up to I don't know minus minus one fifteen, right? Um, that is probably not enough for my numbers to get there. Um, like if if like the resistance occurs at minus one fifteen, but but if we're moving out of minus one fifteen, minus one seventeen, minus one eighteen, I will sit there and I'll watch, right? And I'll watch where kind of the market says that that's enough. Now, if we see that at minus one twenty, um, getting the Bruins at plus money like that, that is when I'm okay to jump in. So it's not, it's 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 not a definite formula. It's about monitoring the market, how far it's going, when the resistance occurs, and on into a lot of these things, um, there's there's a lot of feel to it as well, right? Like I've been watching the markets long enough where I know that how much a player. Um, where, where I have ranks similar to Bergeron, how far that should be moving. Right. And, um, that's going to come into play. So there's, so there's a lot of feel to it. There's a lot of market watching to it and, um, you just got to wait and see when the, when the, when the resistance occurs.
2: Yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, personally for my, my model is extremely players based. So I just ran the numbers quickly without Patrice Bergeron on and yeah I would basically lose all of the value that I had on Boston so so it's it's a little bit you know it can it's two different sides of the coin right so if I did have value on um, you know I was showing value on the Rangers and that moved a ton you know, then, then I would, I'd be more apt to play it. But since I'm, I'm really showing um, value on the Bruins with Patrice Bergeron in, because I haven't, I haven't updated my lineup yet this morning, just because we haven't, you know, it's been too early. We haven't had any morning skates or anything. So when I do run that, my Bruins numbers with Patrice Bergeron out, I basically lose all of the value. So it'd be much more of a, much more of a pass for me in that case. Whereas, you know, like Chris Kreider on the other side is worth a lot less than, uh, than Patrice Bergeron for me.
0: Right. Uh, Russ, question in the chat here for you. I don't know if you saw this or a notification. Russ, has anyone ever told you you yeah. look like Jordan Speeth?
2: Yeah, I get that. I get Jordan Speeth. I've uh, I've signed autographs as Peyton Manning before <laughs> many times. Usually, Jordan <laughs> Speeth is number two, but yeah, Peyton Manning is always is always the top, and then Jordan Spieth is the second one that I get. <laughs> All right, I can see, see the Jordan Speeth. Yeah, I'll take it. That's not a bad. That's not a bad yeah. thing at all. I love, I love me some.
1: Hey, Russ, can, can can you just yell Omaha one time?
2: That's what I do. Yeah, at the <laughs> far, you know. Yeah, when there's a when the Peyton Manning is playing, even the Super Bowl, I just go around yelling Omaha, and people are taking pictures of it. So it's crazy. <laughs> it helped that I had a Peyton Manning jersey on that day.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty yep,
2: good. Steve and uh, Peyton Manning is, is are the top two for sure.
0: Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Another game here tonight. we got a couple more that we can go through uh, if there's any other plays. And if anyone has any questions in the chat, please make sure to let us know so we can try to get to those. But let's look into the Tampa Bay-Edmonton game here right now. Edmonton is on a four-game win streak. I've had my doubts about the Oilers, but they're getting Evander Kane back here. It looks like they're starting to move some things around in terms of there's going to be guys who are going to have to go on waivers. They're going to make some trades. They're looking into into, uh, the trade market at this point in time to heavily upgrade their defense. Like There's going to be some adjustments here in Edmonton as we come down the stretch. And they are starting to play a lot better. Now, I always look at it with a little bit of a grain of salt. And just remember that you do have the two best players in the world who can carry you for periods of time where they can go and kind of mask up some of the issues. But it'll be a good test for them here tonight as they do face the Tampa Bay Lightning. But Tampa is coming off a back-to-back. They beat Vancouver 5-2 last night in Vancouver. They are two points back of Toronto, as discussed. But Tampa Bay is also an incredible team right now. 8-2 and in their last 10. They are on a five-game win streak. I'm looking at this line right now. Tampa Bay is the underdog, which I feel like would kind of make sense, especially coming off of that back-to-back traveling from Vancouver to Edmonton here. But, Russ, uh, in this one here tonight, is there anything you feel like you might be able to find any type of edge on, whether it be a side, total, regulation, player prop, anything like that in this one?
2: yeah i ran my um, my numbers on this one this morning and it did uh, we found out that Edmonton seems a little bit short to me here and it looks like um interestingly enough it looks like the lightning are taking a little bit of money um from this morning which is you know which is fine with me i would say just wait a little bit or you know that minus 108 minus 110 looks fine for me. Um, But yeah, like you said, this Edmonton team is just playing a lot, lot better recently. I think um, getting some guys back in the lineup, getting back healthy has really changed the squad around, changed how their outlook looks going into this, uh, this important stretch before the break. Um, Basically getting Evander Kane back boosts my projections for the Edmonton significantly for the Oilers significantly. Um, But yeah, the last 10 games they've had, they've got 30 goals for, they've allowed 16 goals is all their fifth and expected goals four in that stretch. Um, and then one of the notes I have on the lightning is obviously they've been playing amazing doing what they what they normally do, but when they do lose, it's generally on the road. They're a lot better team at home. And on the road they kind of struggle a little bit. And I think, you know, I think this is a long travel spot for them. They're coming back, you know, they're coming off of the, the game last night in what was more of an exhibition game against the Canucks, honestly. But uh they don't have too far they don't have too far to go to to you know to go to Edmonton, but still you're still on the road, you're still sleeping in hotels, stuff like that. So yeah, I'm gonna take the Oilers here. Minus 110 seems just fine for me. I think that this should be a fantastic game um back and forth. But um but yeah I think I think you know this is a little bit short and uh, yeah my numbers like like the the Oilers. Now I was curious if probably we're probably gonna see Campbell and goal here. Do you think so, many?
1: No, I think uh, okay. um, I think we'll see. I think we'll see Skinner. Okay. Um, concern is that he hasn't played for a while. I don't sure. usually like playing goalies that have uh, have uh, time off like that. But um, I did play the Oilers. Um, we yeah. um, we we did play them earlier. I think that Zach, you just locked in a minus one ten, right? Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I I'm yeah, I'm fine with the Oilers there. Um. A couple of things um here. Vasilevsky will start. Um, and of course, I always hesitate to bet to to bet against him. He's um mm-hmm. even his um his numbers the last few um the last few games, they've slowly started getting better now. I think that Tampa Bay as a whole are slowly starting to turn it around as they're as they're getting healthier. Um the the, the game last night, as much as I like to um um, kind of come down hard on the Canucks management. Um, the players, they're still playing hard for, for for the coach. And we saw in that game yesterday that um, Tampa Bay got off to a 4-0 lead and they kind of sat back. So that, that skews the numbers a little bit. But um, overall, I thought that um, um, Tampa Bay struggled a bit um, in the start of that game, even though the score didn't indicate that. I think that if the Canucks got... Um, even ECHL level goaltending to start that game, I think that that um that, that that could have been more more competitive, but um, I am seeing a little bit of a dip in Tampa Bay's play. Um, they did beat a Seattle team that was on a horrible, horrible scheduling spot. Um, and frankly, um, Seattle mentioned it themselves that, um, that they've been playing tired, so um. I think that those those factors um, and and the Oilers right now, they are playing well. And like how we've mentioned on this show, they're starting to get secondary scoring. And um, with Kane back, um, r and is producing. Queen Costin is there now and uh, he's starting to produce. So um, this team is getting secondary sc- scoring, which is what they need to have success long-term. Um, so I do like the Oilers. I played them and... I see that they're up now but um yeah I think I think if you can get the minus 10 I think that's good
0: okay yeah we did lock that in minus 10 on the bet Saint Pappas uh for the Edgework show and then there is a question here in the chat from mr slate thoughts on dallas la so we will get to that game here this dallas team uh sewered me last night i was on dallas and they go up three nothing i feel like this one it's not necessarily like in the bag but i was feeling pretty comfortable with it as they're going up against the san jose sharks and uh ultimately end up blowing that one and lose 5-3. So that was a bit of a heartbreaker. But yeah. Dallas team is slowly being dropping off as uh, they're getting caught in the standings over there in the West in that Central Division as Winnipeg has caught right up to them. Uh, but Dallas right now, 5-4-1 and in their last 10. They did blow that three, uh, 3 nothing lead last night, and they're facing an L.A. team who's third in the Pacific. They're pretty good, but uh, outside of Phoenix Copley, their goaltending hasn't been strong, hence the fact that they have a minus-one goal differential so far in the season, despite sitting in a playoff spot. Uh, leave, leave it up to you guys. So Money, Russ, any thoughts on this Dallas-L.A. game as it stands right now? Yeah, so so clearly
1: LA has the has the scheduling advantage. They have um, not only do they have extra rest here, they also um, catch Dallas on a back to back with with Wedgewood starting. That being said, you look at the number right now on on the Kings. It's been it's been more than accounted for at this point, mm-hmm. right? Like um I I would I would have wanted around one twenty, mm-hmm. uh, probably a little below one twenty on the Kings, um. At this point, I think that it's that that it's way far gone. And in fact, if it goes up too much, um, I'd be more I'd be more inclined on the stars right now. Um, the Kings are untouchable right now. If Quick is in net, I do suspect they'll go with Copley. But if they do decide to go with Quick, then I think that 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 that, that number's way off. And even with even with Wedgewood, I would go uh, I would go to Stars, but. I at this point I got nothing here.
2: Yeah, when I opened it up this morning and I was looking at minus one twenty five, minus one thirty, I thought I would have a play on the Kings here, just because of the mainly because of the rest and mainly because I hate Scott Wedgewood. Um, but other than that, no, I've got I've got close to minus one forty ish here, and I'm seeing Fanduel all the way up to minus one forty six, DraftKings all the way up to minus one thirty five. So clearly, some you know some people saw exactly what we were just talking about and hit the Kings, you know, early this morning the, at the current numbers here. Yeah, that's a that minus one forty six at Fanduel is crazy. I'm not sure how that got out that far, but yeah, I, I, just, basically all of the value is gone for me on the Kings here. You know, I think this should be a great game against two of the teams I have, you know, bottom. Well, you know, in the, right around the top 10, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got the Kings at a 15th in power ranking and I've got the, the stars right around 11th. So these two teams are, are, you know, fairly similar to me. And I think this will just be a good, a good game to watch. Um, you know, gun to my head, I would definitely take the Kings. Or if, if the line moved back down to minus 120, I would have to have. I would take the Kings. But other than that, there would be no play for me. I think, you know, this would be a, a fun one to have on the side TV and to just kind of see what happens.
0: All right. Are there any other games you guys are looking at for best bets tonight?
1: I'm on um, Nashville. Um, Zach, what's the best number we can do on Nashville right now?
0: One sec. There you go. Best number minus one eleven on Nashville here tonight.
1: Yeah, let's 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 do that. Okay. So um, things um, um Saint Louis um, they're they're not only are they missing a couple of guys um on top top six guys here on offense um they're also they're also just not a very good team um they're getting they're getting results but um. Like they're just not good. They don't drive play. Mm-hmm. Um, they need um, they need spectacular goaltending on any night to kind of keep them in it. Um, I suspect Bennington is going to get the start, and he's just not been good this year either. Um, whereas Nashville, I'm not high on Nashville, but um, there is a enormous goaltending disparity here, and at minus 111 that we're locking in, um, even on the road, I think that... Um, that It's a significant advantage here for Nashville.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would lean the same way. As of right now, I don't have anything. Now that could change once I update some of the the line combos. Like so, money said, if they're missing a couple guys, but yeah, that is the way I would lean. This St. Louis team is just complete mess, and Nashville's been playing better since the uh, since the new year. They've playing been playing a lot better. So yeah, that is the way I would lean. But I w-
0: I won't have anything uh, yet on that. What? All right. Any other ones there? So money, Russ.
2: Not necessarily, you know. I, I lean towards the Devils on the road against this uh, against this tired, a little bit over, overrated Kraken team. Um, the Devils are just so good on the road 18 two and one. But I've got nothing there yet. I think that if we get you know, if we get uh, Vanecek against Martin Jones, that could end up being a play for me. But it does. It already looks like it should be a pretty big volume play for me today. So. Um, so now let's, you know, let's just stick with the ones we've got for now. You're All
1: right. right. I, I, I'm good. I do have one one request be, be, before we go, though. Um, okay. Russ, can I just get an Omaha? Omaha! Omaha! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, thank you to everyone who tuned in. <laughs> thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Uh, saw Peyton Manning slash Jordan Spieth yeah. uh, <laughs> on a stream for the first time today. But if you missed the stream, if you missed the video, you can always watch it back on the Hammer, on uh, the Edgework YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe there. Turn on notifications by clicking the bell so you get notified every time that we go live. We will be having some more NHL content coming up on this channel in the near future. So stay tuned for that. And you can get notified when that starts to happen by making sure you follow us on Twitter at Edgeworkshow or turn on notifications on that YouTube channel. As always, if you want to track the picks that we give out on this show, you can find us on the Bet Stamp app in the find better section as Edgework. And final thing, if you're looking for this in podcast form after, you can find it on all po- podcasting platforms as edgework there. So so money. Russ, thank you guys for your time today. Appreciate the insights. Look forward to talking to you guys next Thursday. Good luck on your bets tonight. Yep. Thank you.